You are listening to Houndstooth Heroes. Some call us a fully integrated sports taco, and we are brought to you, as always, by Wild Bill's Wing Sauce out of Gulf Shores, Alabama, and Druid City Brewing from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. A reminder that you can now find our podcast and a wealth of other stuff on houndstoothheroes.com. When last we spoke, we were head over heels over the release of Bell's Hop Slam Beer, but we were equally as excited this week about the seasonal release of Abita Strawberry, which I'm currently enjoying in a uh, nod form. Uh, have you had a chance to enjoy this year's concoction, Ellis Metz? And what do you think? And by the way, uh, I neglected to say this. My name is Greg Dawkins, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend and cohort, uh, Ellis Metz. How are you, Fal? It was a beautiful segue. Uh-huh. Uh, you know what? I got to say, I am big on this year's Abita Strawberry. I think I still get like funny looks from guys... When I'm checking out with a strawberry beer, it sort of has a bad reputation north of the Gulf Coast. Uh, but Madness. It, it, I know. As, as so many things are, uh, people just understand it better, I think, south of I-10. And I really like this year's batch. I think there's a nice, fresher strawberry taste than uh, we've seen even in the past few years. What are your thoughts? I agree. You know, sometimes it can come off a little metallic. Yeah. And this year is not. It's a fresh, crisp strawberry taste. And in fact, why I said I was, I was enjoying it in an odd uh, fashion today, if you have not mixed it with uh, Abita's Indigator, uh, I would highly recommend that you do that. Because it, oh, I know. Uh, uh, so the my local convenience store, I don't know. I don't know how I managed to do it, but they had Indigator on sale for $9.99. So I snapped up a few of those. And so I am currently enjoying a straw gator, and it is mighty tasty, my friend. Snapped up the Andy Gator. I like that. You know it. You I know myself it, you know. am drinking uh, the latest from Metz Brewing Company in Maryville, Tennessee. Get out! Yeah, listener Fred concocted uh, what he's calling the dark stout of the moon. And okay. I gotta say, in looks and maybe even mouthfeel, because we're all about mouthfeel here on mm-hmm. Houndstooth Heroes. That's gross. It's, <laughs> uh, right. it's a little motor oily, but in taste, it is just perfection. There is a whole bouquet of delicious stout flavors, and I gotta say, listener Fred, you did a great job. That is fantastic to hear. Maybe it'll be the hit of the... Uh... Blue Tick Coonham Beer Club, or what That's is it called? Right. That's it. Uh, Blue Tick Brewing, I think you got it. Uh, yeah, The uh, if you didn't know, Maryville has its own little uh, home brewing uh, beer club, and our enlisted Fred's a member, and we're, uh, we, we've been proud to be the recipient of a few, a few of those uh, cold beers from Metz Brewing Company, and uh, hope he's a big hit of the, uh, hit of the, hit of the party. Hit of the, uh, this year's silent auction. Be on the lookout. There you go, there you go. Well... Uh, as I said, they call us a fully integrated sports talking for a reason, and we are going to leave no athletic stone unturned to, unturned today. We're looking at football, we're looking at basketball, we're looking at baseball, even checking out the ladies. Hey, In man. short, this taco is a bel grande, y'all. Mm. Right. Uh, ordinarily, at this point in the show, we talk about what is horrible in our lives, but frankly... Everything is so horrible with University of Alabama Athletics that we may as well focus on that. Do you want to look at the footballs a little bit? Yeah, we should investigate these footballs, take one in our right hand, and slowly turn it. Uh, here we are in early March, and already, 
our pets' heads are falling off. They are. Yeah, our, our offseason never gets quiet, as we've seen really since Joey Freshwater stepped onto the scene, which is the first thing we probably need to address. Yeah, go ahead. Talk about uh, Joey newly Freshwater. single Joey Freshwater has uh, recently announced his divorce with Layla, the, mm. the lovely and, and just very kind Layla. Right, right. Good-hearted, right. Well, you know. good-hearted woman. Yeah, and, and, a, and a good time and man. Uh, I guess we it should come as a shock to everyone that when someone has chosen to live in the state of Hawaii with another man, that perhaps a divorce was imminent. Yeah, there was uh, anybody who's been in Tuscaloosa really in the past two years kind of had to see this coming. Well, yeah, anybody that's hit up Innisfree, uh knows what's going on there. So, right, yeah. Right, but anyway, without getting without delving too far into uh, the goings on in Joey Freshwater's pants, let's move on. Yes, to I'm tra- sorry. We the tragedy at hand. The tragedy at hand uh, revolves around one Jake Fromm. Yeah. Are you going to say From or From? I don't really know. Now that it's, now that he's not a, one of us, I guess it doesn't really matter no, what we call it. it doesn't matter at all. We uh, can just call Alabama's, him asshole. Main whoa, Alabama's <laughs> main QB target for the class of 2017, one Jake from no, F-R-O-M-M. I'm gonna keep speaking over you when you try to insult <laughs> 17 year olds on our show. I don't care. No, this guy, yeah, he. Uh, regardless, <laughs> anyway, he was a longtime commit to the University of Alabama, and in appalling fashion, uh, drove from Warner Robins, Georgia, to Athens. To newly commit to Kirby Smart's dog. Dog. Yeah. He was uh, committed, decommitted, and then recommitted all in 24 hours. Wow. 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 The the mind of a 17-year-old boy. Right. Right. What a jerk. Uh, He is out of Houston County High School in Warner Robins, Georgia. ESPN had him as their number 148 player for their junior 300, which puts him in the top half. I'll take it. Uh-huh. Uh, sixth-ranked pocket passer of the 2017 class. Yeah, as I said, he committed back in October and then called the Crimson Tide staff up Wednesday night to say that he had had a change of heart. Right. Well, the problem this leaves us with is uh, we were looking at four quarterbacks, and we had zeroed in on him mm-hmm. and uh, got a commitment, and all was fine and good. Uh, in the meantime, all the other four have committed elsewhere. Uh, which sort of reminds me of a time when we, I can't remember who the quarterback was we thought we were getting. It wasn't Tebow, it was after Tebow. Uh, but suddenly, um, Greg McElroy came onto the scene, decommitted from Texas Tech, and uh, that seemed to work out just fine. Uh, so we have to hope that the best recruiters in the country have somebody in their, in their back pocket. I'm not certain it wasn't Tebow. I'm but pretty Tebow sure, because was- he and Greg were the same age, and I'm pretty sure... Okay, that, it may have been then. Final year. It was okay. That's why it, it threw me off, is because I, I thought surely to God, Shula, the Shula group didn't manage to do something good. No, they but, tried. They tried. Okay, so I guess I guess McElroy was a Shula commit. Uh, but nevertheless, that it's a similar situation when the guy you think you had and the you know the the all star kid <coughs> falls by the wayside. So maybe there is somebody who knows, but the sky is not falling, uh, as everyone knows. I'm a huge Blake Barnett fan. You have no idea if you well if you know me, you know you you do have an idea. Uh, I mean, I don't know if he's going to get the start this year or not, but I think he should. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if he does, 
Blake Barnett's going to have three years of eligibility to look forward to. So, in my opinion, landing a huge quarterback commitment isn't all that necessary in 2017, but it does become a priority in 2018. Uh, agree or disagree, Ellis Metz? I got to say I agree with you here. You know, it seems like every year Auburn lands some new highly toward highly touted quarterback that we never hear of ever again after signing day. And I think that's probably what Fromm had uh, carved into his forehead from the get-go. I just mm-hmm. think once you've kind of got a guy who looks like he can be sort of a franchise quarterback for a few years, then there's really, I mean, then we're just battling for backups. Like if you'll reflect back to the DuBose days, one oh. Mark Gian, remember that guy? Oh, God. He was a commit, maybe a transfer. We thought he was going to be the next big deal. There were there were so many back in those then days. Then there was that, was it an Al? No, it wasn't Alvarez, but it's something like that. No, it was. I think it was. Was yeah. it Alvarez? Uh, oh, I know it was man. an A name. Somebody tell us, yeah. I mean, yeah. You're on to yeah, something. So, pipe, pipe I want to say uh, Alcatraz. It wasn't Alcatraz. Yeah, it wasn't Alcatraz. I don't think it was Alvarez. But there was an, and then he, I think he ran into a little trouble with the law later uh-huh, on, uh-huh. Or, or something like that. But uh, speaking of running in trouble with the law, with the law, right, right. you saw Zeke Pike, uh, for, formerly of Auburn and of Louisville, <laughs> and God only knows where else, he got he got busted by the fuzz again today. Oh, uh, did he really? Uh, multitude of drug charges. I, mean, I know that will come as a shock to everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. His name yeah. actually ran through my head when I was saying Auburn always gets a highly touted quarterback. He, oh man, now I'm not going to know my story, but he tweeted something recently on a current event, like to a former teammate from Auburn or something that I just found really entertaining because he is now, uh, was maybe the quarterback at Louisville. I suppose that's probably slipped out of his hands too. Yeah. Well, and then of course, one of the sports writers referred to him as former Auburn quarterback Zeke Pike. So, and you know that set the burners over the edge because they're like, I ain't never played it down at Auburn. Well, whatever. Y'all loved him when he was there. Oh, but, that... you know, hey, whatever. He will anyway, forever be enough, known to me as former, former yeah, Auburn former, quarterback Zeke Pike. I know. That never will not make me laugh. That's wonderful. Uh, anyway, so you agree with me that the sky is not falling on missing out on Jake Fromm. The sky is not falling. I will just say shout out to friend of the program, Lance Barnett, Blake's dad. Oh, yes, 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 yes. We do love some Lance Barnett. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's that, for, for a quick recap. Hold on. Here's what I was talking about. Zeke Pike gave major shout, shout outs or shouts out, shouts out, I think is AP style, yeah. Uh, yeah. to our boy Gary Dita. Ah. Our new wide receiver, he said, congrats to my brother, and then said, you deserve it. I've been awake with you the whole time. All right, then. So there we go. All even right. even well, the little know. elephant emoji from former Auburn quarterback Zeke Pike. Nothing like a, a ringing endorsement from Zeke <laughs> Pike. All right, so with that sky not falling, uh, uh, but if that were not enough, we now have another decommitment. Top 100 running back Cam Akers, also decommitted. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about Cam Akers, and his decommitment, I think, is not as firm as Fromm's. He hasn't signed with anybody. He's just sort of opened himself up to other commitments. Yeah, I mean, when a kid... I'm going to try to... When a kid withdraws his uh, commitment, I think 
Odds are he's not coming back. Cam Akers is actually from Clinton, Mississippi. Um, oh, okay. He's a four-star, but but very highly touted, the third-ranked running back in his class on this here 24-7 sports. So surely would have been nice. The good news is, however, that we still have uh, the 2017 top player in the nation, running back Najee Harris. Is Najee? Uh, Najee, Najee, Najee. Don't, Maybe can't, Najee. I can't tell you, but he's going to be my very favorite player when he becomes going to get on campus. I can tell you that. That's exactly right. And he remains committed to the University of Alabama. All right, all right. Oh, so that's good news. Even more good news. Listen to me just Dude, blowing t- sunshine. You are just filled with sunshine. I've got so much. This last bit, uh, we are giving great thanks for our friend, Professor, the Professor, Ben Litvin. Uh, if you've been on houndstoothheroes.com, and frankly, I don't know why it's not your homepage yet, uh, he <laughs> continues to fill us with all of the hashtag content, and he has recently sent over an in-depth look at Lane Kiffin's favorite play, the jet sweep. Love and it. yours true. I can't stand the damn jet sweep. Well, yeah, yeah, we've heard once or twice. Uh-huh. Uh, love it, hate it, the jet sweep. It's pretty much always our first play of the game, and the professor is going to take us to school on why it works, why it doesn't work when it doesn't work, and kind of uh, when to look out for it. So be on the lookout over at houndstoothheroes.com. All right. Uh, as we mentioned, we are still being brought to you by Druid City Brewing Company and Wild Bill's Wing Sauce. And you I have the occasion to craft a pizza, pizza pie with Wild Bill. Funny you should ask. It was delicious, and after I laid my crust out, I used a sauce of two-thirds barbecue sauce, one-third Wild Bill's wing sauce, which gave it the perfect kick. It was really delicious, and just huge thanks to our friend Wild Bill. That was fantastic. As a reminder, uh, sort of related, our friends over at Roll Bama Roll are having a little barbecue party on April 16th at Druid City Brewing that coincides with the 8A game and the Ole Miss baseball game. Uh, if you want to get on in, in on that, head on over to Roll Battle Roll, where there is a code available that will allow you to get a ticket for all of $7. And I believe you have the information on that code, Ellis Matt. I have the code right here. It is BBRBR. So let's go with Baseball Roll Bama Roll or it- Becky Brooks Rubs Big Red. Uh, and, yeah, no. and anyway, seven dollar tickets is what we're getting at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Big shout out to Stevie over at Bama Marketing Ticket for hooking us up with all of that. Yes. But let's go ahead and get to it. A drum roll, please. <laughs> let's give the people what they really want. And look at the tide shooty hoops. Woo! When last we spoke, I said the following: the schedule gets easier and harder with five games to go. The home slate eases up and includes Arkansas, Auburn. And we host Mississippi State this Saturday. We should be able to win all of those. But we can't afford to slip up on any of them to keep our place in the tournament. Well, <laughs> it's been nothing short of a disaster. Of course, we lost to Kentucky in a horrifying fashion. But that was sort of expected against the surging UK at Rupp. What wasn't expected was losing at home to Arkansas and Mississippi State barely getting by Auburn before closing out the season in Athens with yet another loss. A team that had worked itself off the bubble and firmly into the NCAA tournament is now on the outside looking in. Um, 
I guess at this point you got to talk about expectations. We were supposed to be 13th out of four, out of 14 teams in the league. We ended up at 10th, uh, not going to the NCAA tournament unless there's a miracle in Nashville, uh, uh, probably in the NIT, which is probably more than what anybody expected. But uh, so I guess the question is that: Did we ex- exceed expectations? Regression to the mean? What exactly are your takes on the maiden voyage on the Avery Johnson love boat, Ellis? You know, I might get called some names for this, and I'm not trying to have hot takes here, but I think you have to put the expectations to the side and look at what this team proved they really are. Throughout the season, we saw that we had the tools. I mean, they weren't stellar, let's be honest. The team was serviceable, but they had at one point figured out how to win and were, as, as you said, had worked themselves firmly into the tournament. I mean, not even last four in. They were there, and it's all come crashing down in the last little bit. I know, I think after the season's over, we'll all look back, and it'll be a, a, a fine season, a good start to what is hopefully going to be a great career for Avery Johnson. It will be a great career. I'm not even worried about that. But I can't help but feel slightly disappointed. I just thought... Uh, this team had sort of figured it out, I guess, and yeah. and it, it's I'm a little butt hurt to watch us go down this way. I I agree and I don't agree. Everything you said is true, but I don't. Th- I mean, I think I think this team. Yes, it's been a, it's the end of the year, but I still don't think I knew how to win. I mean, a lot of our wins were just sheer luck. Uh, um, you know, and I've you know we had Retina Basahan just playing out of his mind out of nowhere. We had our second best player is I'm honky from sound mountain. Um, so I'm just, you know, with the roster we had, it was a miracle. We won those games. So, um, I, I think this is more for me, at least this is regression to where we were supposed to be. Yeah. It's unfortunate that it happened when it did. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I say that, but we got to have a whole lot of fun for a, a long time with this team until they kind of showed their colors of what they really are. And they're not real good. But, I mean, I think given some time, they will be real good. But they're just not there yet. The personnel's not there. It hurts a little bit that Terrence Ferguson decommitted. Um, But we still have a decent roster of kids coming in. So, I mean, I think think the future can only look up from here on. Uh, But the immediate future is, however, not as fortunate. Well, yeah, and let's... Quickly, you hit on something probably big enough for us to address the decommitment of one Terrence Ferguson. Uh, he is a five-star recruit who I can't remember the last time a five-star basketball player stepped foot in an out-of-state five-star basketball player stepped foot in Tuscaloosa. Six-six yeah. um, wing out of Dallas, just by all accounts is supposed to be a phenom. Had committed for a long time, but it was sort of iffy. He was supposed to have signed by now. He didn't. And now his grandmother has died. R.I.P. And right. and he has withdrawn his commitment. Uh, so we'll see. He's he's originally out of Tulsa, so I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, some he's, of those... Big, he's going to Oklahoma. Yeah, those Big 12 schools are going to make a big play here to keep him close to home. And right. it, it's... Honestly, I think it's a brutal, brutal hit for... Uh, Coach Johnson, but we'll see what comes of it. Exactly. Anyway. Uh, speak, speaking of the immediate future. Yes, speaking let's, let's of talk, the immediate future. Let's let's talk about the tournament, shall we? 
Yeah, we should. Uh, the SEC men's basketball tournament is rolling into my beloved Nashville this week. Uh, your tide has drawn Ole Miss, the seventh seed, in the opening round. That is session three, I learned today, trying to buy tickets, uh, which means they will play Thursday night at Bridgestone Arena in downtown Nashville. Uh, frankly, I think Ole Miss is a much more complete team, despite their record being not all that different. They have an outstanding point guard in Stefan Moody, who seems like he's been there eight years now. They have, I know, I know, and he's he's so little, but he's just so fast. He's so good. Uh, they have a very good postman whose name escapes me, who had a uh, torn. <laughs> it, it was like a torn cornea for half the season. But he is back and probably wearing funny-looking goggles, which is always intimidating. And right. then, uh, yeah, I just I don't think we match up really well. Should we survive that matchup on Thursday, uh, we'll come back Friday to stare down the barrel of Kentucky. So there's right. that. So, so it's a perfect draw, really. Yes. No. Yeah. Exactly. We're in great shape. Um, we have not seen the Ole Miss Rebels since losing to them in the first conference game of the year. That was. Uh, to open Oxford's new pavilion, and we lost 74-66 to in what was not a superb effort. Uh, frankly, and, and this is something you pointed out before we got on, so I'll just echo it. I think sh- had we drawn Arkansas or Georgia or someone with more of a revenge factor where we had had an immediate loss and kind of wanted to come back and show that we could beat these teams, because we can, uh, I think we would have a much better chance. But... Here we are facing Coach Andy Kennedy's, a.k.a. Randy Kennedy's, Ole Miss Rebels. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's before going into the night, before, I mean, we all knew Florida was going to beat Missouri, but going into that game, we were the nine seed, mm-hmm. and that left us, you know, we were playing the first game was Arkansas, the second game was AM. That, that was, you know, I, I, that was manageable to get us. You know, I, I think if we have two wins in this tournament, we're back in the discussion for the tournament, for the NCAA tournament. Uh, but the way this is setting up now, two wins is a little more than I think this team is capable of. So, you know, that, that one seeding drop, I think, made all the difference. But having said that, you know, what is the scenario? You know, can, is, it, is it possible to, for any kind of run in this tournament – Barring a winning the tournament, which obviously would get us in, but barring that, what gets us in the NCAA? What do we need? I think I don't, I don't know. Should we get to the second round and beat Kentucky, that puts us right on the bubble again, and so we would fall. I think either in the first four in or last four out. But those losses at home to State and then to Arkansas are just brutal. Uh, I would tend to say we have to maybe make it even to the final to win or to to get into the tournament. Yeah, I I, I think if we beat Kentucky, I think we're fine. Really? Uh, that because that because that would utterly shock everyone because Kentucky is trending up right now so hard. I can't remember they are a ten to one they're at ten to one odds to win the entire tournament, which is unheard of for a four or five seed. Yeah. Which is what they're looking at right now. That's absurd. So that team is is charging so hard that I think if we beat Kentucky, it would be such a damn shock to everybody that they would have no choice but to put us in. 
but it is. Well, it would certainly be a shock to me, and we don't have a line yet, but I'm going to go on and put you on the spot, and we're not quite at the end of the show, so don't get your hopes up, listener friend. Right. Uh, who you hating? Does the tide get past Ole Miss? The tide... I, gosh, I think it's going to be close. Yeah. If the tide... I see you think it's a bad matchup. I think it's actually a good matchup. Um, what we we keep out muscled down low, uh, and Ole Miss doesn't. Ole Miss is not a gigantic team, um, so I don't. You know, Georgia out rebounded us like a billion and a half to one. So I don't think Ole Miss is equipped to do that. They're just they don't have a bunch of seven foot kids down there that are going to out rebound us. Now, if we decide to not be tough at all and let Ole Miss out rebound us, that's one thing. But I think we are equipped to play with with Ole Miss under the net. And that tends to be where we lose games. So I think if we could actually get some rebounds, which has been our Achilles heel the last portion of this year, then I think we can beat Ole Miss. Having said that, I think we lose by four. Yeah. Uh, Actually, I agree with everything you said. It'll probably come down to Obasahan versus Moody. Uh, It's just that I think Moody has more weapons at his disposal to make himself look great and Obasahan's going to have to do it all by himself. So, yeah. unfortunately, yeah, I think this may be the sole game of our tourney run here. Well, it is what it is. It's, yeah. pretty, it's been exciting. I can't wait for it. It sure year, has, but, no doubt. Yeah. But never thought I'd hear myself say this, by the way, but the bright spot on campus right now is baseball, of all things. Baseball. The ball tie. Uh, your tide checks in at 10-2 and two on the year currently. And are ranked number 23 in Baseball America's rankings, coming off a 3-1 and one win at the Irish Classic. Now, the Irish Classic is an odd little bird because it's hosted by Notre Dame, yet it's held in North Carolina. Mm, sure. Right. Cool. Yeah, sure. Makes sense to me. Uh, the only losses that your Tide have, have, have had are to a pretty decent Maryland team and to North Carolina State, which I know nothing about other than they are also 10-2. But their schedule is woeful in that they lost five to nothing to Old Dominion. So I'm not sure this the North Carolina State loss goes into the good loss column. No, I, I agree with you there. And we're kind of I think we've seen this in recent years, a pretty hot start, but we're facing a situation in where in which the next few games should really tell the tale of this year's Mitch Gaspard squad. Eleventh uh, ranked Oregon is coming to Tuscaloosa. For a single game on Thursday, the Ducks starting pitching had a lot of preseason hype. It has outlived that. Um, They've got three lefties, Cole Irvin, Matt Crook, and David Peterson, who have not allowed an earned run in their last 34 and a third innings. That's like, what, six games? It's a lot. That's That's pretty fair. It's like four games, right? Math is so hard. Why do you make Uh, me do the math? (laughs) Uh, No, that was some great stat researching, so thank you, friend. Um, But to to oppose those lefties, Alabama's pitching staff uh, currently ranks third nationally and leads the SEC uh, with an ERA of 1-3-3. So pretty solid pitcher's duel set up. We'll see what Oregon brings. After that, uh, we'll face the 21st-ranked Houston Cougars, Love when the Cougars take to Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Houston was was 
in the midst of a five-game losing streak. They then faced the Baylor Bears, who have a pretty good program, and took two of three from them. So maybe they're back on track. Uh, Houston is 6-5, and five, but the fact that they are still ranked in the top 25 says a lot about the expectations for that team and their strength of schedule. If you'll recall, Alabama's wheels came off last year on a trip to Houston uh, when we were kind of really starting to, again, be on the bubble for a tournament and do great things, went down to Houston and dropped two of three from the then sixth-ranked Cougars. That is correct. And following the Houston-Cougar matchup, uh, the, the the tale will be told, I believe, because the Tide then travels to Baton Rouge to take on the Bayou Bengals. So if you're looking for a barometer of where this team is, the next couple of weeks should really uh, flesh that out. But I have a question for you. you. You mentioned the ERA being at a Southeastern Conference leading 1.33, uh, which is fantastic. But my question is, you know, if, if, if this was a Major League Baseball team, um, that kind of ERA, you know, you're in, you're in the World Series. Contrast that with college baseball. And does it matter uh, if you are a – how much does pitching matter in college baseball – as opposed to MLB? That is a great question, and frankly one that I'm not totally suited to answer, at least as not as much as friend of the program at Charles Pond, who we hope will get at us with this answer. Um, I would say, you know, you look at, let's let's take last year's New York Mets team, which had three fantastic aces and a lineup that was not exactly middling, but really just one hot hitter at the end of the season, and they made it to the World Series. Uh, I don't think that's enough in college baseball. I think that really the perfect package is probably more of Vandy's team last year where they had Carson Fuller, Fulmer. They had um, my boy, Dansby Swanson, the most Vanderbilt uh-huh. name of all time, and, and kind of had a lot of guys contributing on the mound and at bat, uh, which I'm not sure we can claim right now. Yeah, uh, that's that. That's my question. Maybe Charlie Pond will uh, hit us up on. The, Anybody else can hit us up, by the way. Anyone at all? Yeah, if you got an opinion, let us know. But we are at H Two Heroes on the Twitter. If you have an opinion on uh, MLB versus college baseball and the value of the ERA, please let us know because we would be happy to hear it from you. And finally, because we like the ladies here at H Two Heroes, we're gonna quick look at women's sports over at the Capstone. We'll start with the Gem Tide, who rolled into Baton Rouge, uh, number three in the country. Uh, they That did not last long because they no. went to Baton Rouge and laid a gigantic egg, uh, producing their worst score of the season, uh, which is fantastic given that it's just one week before the Southeastern Conference Championship, so that's fun. Um as a reminder, scoring in gymnastics is weird in terms of how you determine who's you know the rankings. If we, I did a full explanation of that over at HowStuffTheorist.com. If something like that interests you and you're a gymnastics sporting uh, scoring geek, which would probably not speak well of you, uh, but nevertheless, I did. So um, we have that. It can go one of two ways. Uh, when you lay an egg like that, either you can respond in a mighty fashion or defeat you and I guess it will uh, tell the tale because Southeastern Conference Championships will feature number one Florida, number three 
LSU, number four, us, number six, Auburn, number 10, Georgia. So uh, the, 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 the cupboard is full when it comes to gymnastics teams at the Southeastern Conference Championships. And I don't know where they're held this year, but if you're nearby, I would urge you to drop in and take a look at your gym tie because they're, they're a lot of fun to watch. That they are, and boy, that's a brutal slate you just read off. Uh, you know, gymnastics has become one of those sports, like so many Alabama <laughs> sports, where anything less than a national championship seems a little disappointing. But uh, we'll hope that they kind of pull it together for the postseason. Another sport in which anything less than a national championship would seem disappointing is the softball. Oh, nice little segue there. Thank you. Ball so soft. Uh, uh-huh. Coach Pat Murphy has his team off to a great start. Did you like that? I did like that. Thank you, thank you. In 81 innings, the squad has allowed just 13 earned runs uh, for a sub 1.5 ERA. Uh, yet here we are, and the problem seems to be infielding. They play on these tiny little infields, and I would never want to try to grab a ground ball or a, or a line drive coming from those bats, but... Just a multitude of errors from this squad, which we haven't seen in recent years, and which is probably fine against lesser opponents. But now, again, there's just a real cupboard full, I liked that, uh, of talent in the SEC. And so when the Auburns and the Floridas and the LSUs are at bat, uh, these errors really come back to bite you pretty much always. Uh, Prior to this weekend, your Tide was ranked number two nationally. And then somehow, don't ask me, Dropped a game to the North Dakota State Buffalo? Bison? North, North bison. Are they the bison? Is they the are the bison. bison. They have they have the bison named Corso. Well, well, I'll be... Young Corso, I, mean, I believe, I was, which is also my what? rap name on the weekends. Of course it is, yeah. Um, I did not watch the game. I was following along on Twitter um, where a friend of, a friend of the program, Travis Ryer, uh, from, I believe, 24-7 Sports, was talking about uh, – Bama Online, actually, is what I'm talking about uh, – was, was at the game and following along, and it was just one error after the other, literally five or six during a game. And you're right. Everything you said about, you know, you can get past the Troys and the – and the, the navies, whoever the hell else was we played. But, uh, you know, Tennessee and Florida and Auburn and LSU are top 10 teams. And, you know, I mean, we played little league ball and you can't play, you can't have six errors in a game and expect to win the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to have to clean that up if they expect to be competitive. Mm-hmm. I agree. And let me just jump in real quick and say Houndstooth Heroes, come for the hot softball takes. Stay for the wonderful audio quality. Exactly, we're nothing but a mess. Uh, just to, yeah, I, my my FYI, my laptop died, so we're doing this all by phone. So we apologize. We'll have we'll be up and running a little better next week. But anyway, speaking of next week, uh, we will. You can always find us on Facebook. You can hit us up on Twitter at H Two Heroes. Listen to us on iTunes or SoundCloud. And our new baby, check us out on houndstoothheroes.com. Thank you, as always, for listening. As usual, we will be back soon because we don't podcast, people die. Take us home, Ellis Metz. Well said, Gregory. Y'all be good. Roll Tide.